Melissa Yamaguchi on Outcomes the Sun podcast. And we are, I think this is our seventh, correct? Is that right? It is. Lucky seven. It's our seventh. Yes. Our lucky number seven with, and our, our guest today is super special to me, a super good friend. His name is Chase Hughes, and he is a behavioral expert in behavioral health, but really about the brain. And and he's an incredible man because he has a, okay, I'm going to get this all wrong, but you have a PhD or an MBA, something crazy, big old, you know, titles when, and in neuroscience from Harvard, come on, come on, guy. It's just like too much. It's too much. You went back years later and you, and you did that. I think you did that over COVID, which is really bizarre. Anyway, He's an incredible man. He has an amazing, uh, you have a behavioral health show on YouTube. You've got 600,000 followers um, there and and doing some really intriguing, interesting stuff. But for our purposes, when it comes to mental health, I think that what your insight into behavior really will have a great impact on mental health and the understanding of mental health. And, and I'll, I'll throw it over to you, Melissa, to, to kind of get the conversation started. Okay. First of all, Chase, it's a huge honor. I've been, I've done a little background work on research on some of the stuff you've written and some of your videos and interviews that you've had. And I was I it, candidly and honestly, I was a little bit late coming in today because I was still so spellbound by some of the stuff you were sharing. A couple oh, of points you. you made that I found so intriguing. I, I Meryl and I both on different times have spoken with a lot of young people. And I think there's there's constantly outside of people who already feel this way as adults. Some of our young people come in often feel helpless about how to take control of their lives. And you brought up some really fascinating points recently on something, or I don't know how recent, forgive me, but that you had shared on understanding the three parts of you, the past, present, and future. And then understanding, relating that to what depression is, and then that art of discipline with past, present, and future, and how to, to put your life back into your control. I would love if you could share some of that with our audience. Yeah, I would love to. And thanks for the great intro. Thanks for having me on. This is so cool. <laughs> Being on a podcast with actually one of my friends and not a uh, like a podcast host that I don't really know very well. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I believe discipline, it, I can sum up discipline in a single sentence. And that's the ability to prioritize the needs of your future self ahead of your own needs in the moment. And that that bleeds into everything, how we spend money, how we spend time, what we eat, what we drink, what we do with our bodies. Everything goes down to that. Can I am I able to prioritize the needs of my future self? The longest study that's ever been done on success and successful people uh, was done by Harvard. And they found out the number one determining factor in success. You can measure it in first grade, even whether or not that kid's going to be successful is the ability to delay gratification. And that ability is what gives people, I'm going to just push a little bit further into my, my priorities are going to go from here on the timeline, which is right now. I'm just going to push that to the right a little bit. My priorities are just shifting to the right. And and that doesn't mean like I'm thinking 10 years down the road necessarily, which of course you are, but we're, I'm thinking about tomorrow. So like before I go to bed, I'm getting the coffee ready for me. I'm laying out an outfit for future me. All the things that I'm doing are preparing. So my morning, it's as if I had my own butler who had all of this stuff ready. So I get up and instead of looking backwards to the past with regret or being pissed off at myself, I'm, I'm looking backwards with gratitude. I'm looking forwards with concern. Tell me why you uh, look forward with concern. Because con- con- concern can be like a worry, right? Right. I'm saying uh, concern, meaning I'm more concerned with future me than I am with the needs of myself right now. So you're, you're, you're anticipating the future, the needs of the future you. Correct. Right. Okay. That's, that's super interesting. Now, do you think some of these behavioral tools 
can be helpful in the balance of, 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 of our mental health? Absolutely. Because one thing that most people never will do in their life, maybe until they watch something like this, is just kind of make a mental map of where my, where's my dopamine coming from? And wherever you're, dopam- you're getting dopamine, I'm like sitting on this all day long, right. or you're browsing the internet all day, that becomes a dopamine source. And we start to understand where the dopamine is coming from. We get a little bit of a better grip on our own steering wheel. And I think there's some ways we can start reprogramming our dopamine. Just, just doing small favors for yourself is great. Doing long-term uh, surprises for yourself. Uh, we're about to start uh, winter right now. So maybe I'll take one of my summer swimsuits and I'll stick a $100 bill in the pocket of it that I will absolutely, I won't remember it. And then I'll find it in the summer and it'll be a gift from me. It's a gift from past. <laughs> it's me. I love so that. I want to spend my time giving future me gifts. So how can I develop a relationship? And if we really want to get into this on the deep level, we want to train the animal part of our brain, the lower part of our brain that's, that makes the emotions. It doesn't process a whole lot of logical thought. We want to get that part involved. And no amount of meditation and repeating phrases can do that because that part of the brain has zero capacity for language. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, something as simple, like I have one-on-one clients that I, I take on like three to five clients a year. But one of the things I make them do is download like a $3 app on your phone that makes you look like a 99-year-old person. It it, make, it ages you and, and or uses AI <laughs> to age you like crazy. Print that out and put it on your fridge if you're trying to eat better. Put it on the put it on your headboard for a few <laughs> weeks. Just so you have it, you're showing the animal now. Now I have a mental relationship with that person because I can see them. We can't see our future self, but the moment we start conceptualizing it and thinking about future me on a very regular basis, our, our dopamine starts to change by giving ourselves, uh, giving our future self gifts and doing but, nice things. So I have to interrupt because, whoa, I didn't, that totally sent me into a tailspin of like, oh, I'm not going there. I don't want an ugly old picture of myself. Now, does that, train you to create dopamine so that you can av- avoid the aging process? I mean, because to me, that's a negative image. Like, you know, you know how, you, how you've heard, oh, well, if you want to change the way you eat, you put a picture of, you know, instead you do the opposite, right? You do the most beautiful photo of yourself or the person you'd like to look like. So why is yeah. that working for this animal brain? Uh, our animal brain drives many different ways, but visual is one of the primary ways that it drives. So we're not necessarily trying to make ourselves look gross, right? We're not trying to add in stuff that's going to make us be like, oh, crap, I'm not, this sucks. Like, And we're kind of going into despair. But we do want our brain to be thinking, I will be old someday. I'm going to be old. I want to take care of that that person. And either A, some people may say, maybe I don't want to look like that. Or B, some people are just going to look without any judgment and say, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of them before me. Got it. Got it. So you're, so you're create your lifestyle. I'm sorry, Melissa, I swear to God, I'm going to shut up. Um, (laughs) uh, So you're taking care like through your lifestyle to take care of the older you as though you would care for a senior citizen or whatever, because you love that person. And so it's, yes. it's actually in positive. I got it. Okay. Yes. You love your future self. We all love our future selves. We should be <laughs> loving our future selves. You, you mentioned something um, before about, and I, I hope I don't slaughter this in my pronunciation. I don't think I will, but the reticular activation system. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned an example at one point um, about, in, in another interview about how, you know, when we're thinking about something, we're all, we often see it. I remember being pregnant for the first time, and all of a sudden there were a million pregnant women in my community, and I thought, my kid will at least have some playmates. But I never they were there before. I just never seen them, right? Yeah. So this whole process of training the brain is something I think a lot of us feel we have zero control over. 
And I know there's a lot of factors that play into that, Chase, and, and Meryl. Meryl has been really um, fastidious about emphasizing this during our friendship, about how the choices that you make with your sleep and your food and your, your movement and, and so forth really do determine how you will respond and react. But what about um, in this this reactivation, this reticular reactivation system or activation system, how do you get to a point where you are not on a loop? If you're someone who suffers from depression or negative, negative thoughts, how do you not get on a loop where that reticular activation system is just continuing the negative loop of what you see or hear? Is there, are there tricks to trick the mind with positivity? Is yes. it post-it notes? <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's a whole lot of stuff that you can do. Uh, but first, if you're suffering from depression, uh, I'm not giving any medical advice here, but I, I say go get your neurotransmitters tested or, or figure out any anything that's really pushing somebody down where they feel like they can't get out of it. You, you, your first priority needs to be ruling out a physiological cause and then treating it as a psychological cause. And then once that's done... Uh, just rewiring how you process data on a regular basis is is one of the most incredible things. And one of the best ways to do this is changing and gradually forcing yourself to bring things to conscious that are operating unconsciously. So I'm, I'm digging all this up and I'm, I want it here on the table in front of me. I want to be able to see everything that's going on here. And one of the best ones is the questions that we're asking ourselves. And somebody that is getting into a bad mood or something, they're like, why is it so shitty here today? Like, why is the weather so bad? Why is this traffic so awful? Why is the air quality so bad where I live? Why is, and they just keep asking these questions. And if you ask yourself questions, that's what your reticular formation is searching for. So we will search for what we ask about. But many times those questions are unconscious. We're not sitting there in the car verbally saying all of this stuff, right? So it's an unconscious question process. So changing the questions is a big deal. And just going through a day, carry around like a little pen and a, and a notebook and just writing down like I've been asking myself this question all day. Why is this guy that I work with such a dick? Like <laughs> Now I'm just searching for, for reasons. For reasons. Right. Right. Well, I call that that's very interesting that you say that in in my in my book Healthy Living from the Inside Out, I talk about the the um the no, the the brain noise, you know, that kind of like static. And and if you were to invite your unconscious self over for dinner, you would probably throw them out within 5 minutes because they're so mean. They're super rude. They're incredibly negative and they put you down all the time. Like if that person were over at your house, you'd be like, uh, you need to leave. But that's usually, you know, this unconscious voice in the back of your head is you speaking to you. And and even though you're you're saying it in in context of other things and other people, but but oftentimes that's the voice that we have inside our heads that we're unconscious about that is constantly sending negative. So it's bringing light to that part of you so that you can say, oh, wait, I don't need to say those negative things. Or I don't, like you were saying, I don't need to keep figuring out why I think the guy that I work with is a dick, you know, like looking for all those reasons. It's like, you, it makes you very clear on what you're spending your energy and time on in your thought process, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. how, how do you, how do you kind of biohack that? How do you hack into that and like stop it? Is there a way? Well, uh, actually, uh, the, the proven research from a scientifically like peer reviewed perspective is starting to show that magic mushrooms have the most powerful effects to be able to do that. Obviously, you can get involved with a clinical trial. There's a lot going on at Johns Hopkins even right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but secondary to that, in, from a behavioral perspective, I teach behavior profiling a lot and people reading and influence persuasion. Most of what you see someone uh, suffering in their lives is usually a result of two things. It's unmet expectations 
So I think is the number one cause of a lot of that stuff. And second, I think a lot of us unknowingly suffer from hiding shame. We're mm -hmm. hiding shame from other people. Yes. And we're concealing something that we have been either conditioned as a child to be ashamed of, or we're, we're suppressing something because we, our fear is not of the, the thing we're ashamed of. Our fear is people are going to find out. Right. And then we have an identity level problem. So typically, uh, if I'm seeing somebody as a client, my number one priority, our first meeting is figure out where they are on Maslow's pyramid. So if, if I got somebody that's struggling uh, down here towards the bottom for food or even social belonging, I can't like I can't teach this person to be self-actualized and meditate and eat right before these lower parts of the pyramid are handled. So anytime you're dealing with somebody like that or you are somebody like that, take a look at Maslow's hierarchy of human needs. Maybe we can overlay that over the screen or something. But I'm trying to reach this top little part of the pyramid when I didn't handle this very well. And a lot of times there's some shame there that prevents us from doing some of that stuff. What, would you say that some of that comes from trauma, childhood trauma, maybe? Absolutely can. And trauma is relative. That, that severe trauma that someone had in childhood might be getting slapped in the face or something right. uh, that we would think is small. But it's relative. I've been, in, I've been on nine deployments I know dudes who've been shot a few times and are just completely a-okay. I know another guy that I served with got in a car accident, airbag hit him in the face, and he's traumatized from an airbag. So you, you never know yeah. uh, what that means and what trauma actually means. Right. Uh, but it's important for us to go back and look at what we might have perceived or what our bodies might have perceived as some kind of trauma. It's interesting. Wow. Fascinating. Go ahead, Melissa. I see you poised with a question. Well, no, I'm just, I, <laughs> I know. I, I love it because there's, there's an author by the name of, of I always, my, my biggest uh, fear is always that I'm going to mispronounce something. So and I, and I don't know, <laughs> I'll have to dive into that later and figure out that I'm probably going to look to my mom. Gabor Mate, <laughs> I hope I said it gave him proper homage here. Gabor Mate has this quote in his book talking about chronic disease where he said, chronic disease, diseases are not interpretations of how of our, oh, excuse me, is not, are not interruptions to our lives, but rather manifestations of how we live our lives. And that's his whole approach about talking about uh, his, his depression and his multiple sclerosis. And I was thinking about that in relation to what you just said. And I, and also what I'd read about what you've written before in that we have more power over our lives than I think we realize. And if, if, there, if what's happening in our life is a manifestation of how we've lived our life, we've, we gave up control at some point, right? Maybe as a child, maybe we felt children feel helpless oftentimes. Um, and we, so we gave up some control and either that carried forward. We were the child who delayed gratification or we weren't. Whatever took place in our lives that got us to where we are now. I think that the biggest takeaway for me and what you share, Chase, is that we do have more control than we realize. And, and whether it's getting clinical help and signing up for some trial study or it's, it's seeking uh, therapeutic guidance, or if it's as simple as, I, I jokingly, maybe tongue-in-cheek said it a while ago, putting up Post-it notes. But actually, as I said that, I realized I should clarify that. My husband has a whiteout board marker that he keeps near the mirror in every one of the bathrooms in the house. And every morning he posts on there, today's going to be a great day. I am believing, feeling, and knowing that I am powerful, whatever. He puts it on. And the children, when they were, our children are now young adults. When they were younger, they'd say, Papa's doing graffiti on the bathroom again because he would go in <laughs> when they were asleep. If my son had a basketball game or my daughter had a swim meet and write, I believe I'm going to be doing, I'm going to do the best I can. And so our children reading it, even though they would go, oh, even reading it was still putting it into their psyche that day. So I yeah. know th the power of that. And I think that's a small example of how we can do it. And I love the idea of being a butler to our future self. But this ability for us to take some control gives us a little bit of power back. It really does. I write my goals on the wall in my office right here in Sharpie. <laughs> wow. On, on the physical wall? 
Wow. Just on the wall. <laughs> I'm not telling my husband that. I mean, I can wipe <laughs> off the whiteout marker. <laughs> I like that. I like that. No, but it's it's also <laughs> owning that you that you want what you want, right? Or that you that your passion and your purpose is like solid. It's like saying, you know, doing it in a sharpie, which I have in my hand. You know, you're saying I'm not erasing this. I'm getting this. Although I love, I know Billy, her husband, who's an extraordinary man, who really does. He's such a believer in like creating an environment of positivity and good. And, and I think that that really is like, that works for him and that works for his family. And I think we all kind of have to find our, our secret niche into the ways that support us to be our best selves. Right. And that's very individual. Yeah. It's so interesting, but you're, it's fascinating what you do. I think on an individual level, uh, you, if I, let's just go through a hypothetical scenario. If I have a lottery ticket here, that's unscratched and I, you know, stick it in your Christmas stocking or something, you're gonna be like, Oh, thanks. And like, not really be very concerned. But if you knew that lottery ticket had maybe a 90% chance of winning, you would crawl hands and knees across <laughs> broken glass to get it done. Right. And that's it. A person realizing that that change is possible, that's it. You will walk barefoot across broken glass to get it done, and you will do whatever it takes to get it done because a person finally believes. And I believe in this so much. I keep a jar of broken glass behind my desk to look at every day. So I believe it. Yeah. Wow. 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 When, when we are setting goals and we know that outcome, I am absolutely capable of getting that outcome or at a minimum getting close to that outcome. That's a broken glass goal. And we can start setting those and people need to realize they have a lot more control than they realize. I love hearing this because I do believe we are so much more powerful than we give ourselves credit for. And we haven't been raised to believe we have the power. It's not anybody's fault because that's how they were raised and they were raised, you know, and, and it goes down this line. But to really break the patterns of our of our family history or wherever they came from and whether they went through a depression or whatever and to realize we have tremendous power and especially here the brain is so extraordinary and we use such a little piece of it we don't even use the energy the percent of what we use in our brain is so small compared to the vastness and power of it. And I think that that's what's going to be extraordinary about the, the, you know, our future, all of all of us here's future and our children's future is that these things are going to unravel and the powers that we have, the powers of good. I always want to put that in there because like, you know, I want to be good. <laughs> I want like good grandkids, <laughs> you know, but I think that extraordinary things are going to happen. And, and it really is about belief. It's really about owning yourself and stepping into who you are and who you can be mm-hmm. and, and, and knowing what your passion and purpose is, is kind of, it, it's, it's extraordinary, but it's doable. People are just not given permission, I think. And I think what's extraordinary mm-hmm. about what you do is you, you're very, so Chase and I are, we have a project together. Chase, Bobby and I have a project together and we're, creating this thing about health and wellness and, and lifestyle. But what's great about what, how Chase kind of, uh, how you present it to your people, your, you know, your team of people and, and your followers is that you offer it up as something they're discovering. It's, it's within their power to find it out for themselves. You give them permission to take this on yeah. and become their best self, not my, not Bobby and Marielle's best self or Melissa's or, you know, Chase's. It's their best self. And that's the key, I think, to finding one's success is finding that thing that sparks them, that is unique to them, right? And however yeah. you write your goals, but being specific and finding out, finding your power within within that. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yes. And I think people, when they come to a big turning point and they make a big change in their life, they reach a point where they say, wow, isn't that cute that I thought I needed permission to do exactly. this? Exactly. But the, the scariest, funniest part is, is that from zero to six, we're in, you know, that's when all our influence comes. Parents give us whatever, whatever. So, of course, you want permission <laughs> because you're still six. You know, you're still That's how like, you get it. Yeah. That's how you get what you want. Yeah. And then you yeah. get it and it is cute. And damn it, you better run with it, <laughs> with that cuteness. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the biggest points of discovery that people can make is what did I unknowingly agree to in childhood in terms of behavior that I've carried into adulthood? Yes. Like the way I view the world, what I'm allowed to do, like do what everyone else is doing. Don't stand up. Don't make too much noise. That was great for an elementary school child. Right. It's not good for an adult or right. grown up. And some of us carry that forward unknowingly that like we developed a program young and I'm just going to, it worked. It got me what I wanted. So it turned into a pattern. Yeah, that's exactly right. A lot of times, yeah, go ahead. And a lot of times it can be cultural, right? My husband is from Japan and the nail that sticks up gets hammered down. So when you think about the need, the requirement for that in Japan, because it's an island of, I don't know how many million people, that if they had a bunch of nails sticking out, there'd be, there'd, there'd be chaos for them. So that this kind of mentality, cultural mentality of rote memorization, move with the flow, is a survival tactic. But knowing that you can break free from that, um, you know, it was one of the reasons that my husband was saying, you know, let the, he, he was, he forced, he really wanted our children to make up their own minds and be free because in, and he loves his parents, but the part of that raising was don't create waves. Don't, don't stick out. And so you sometimes don't know what you don't, well, not sometimes, oftentimes don't get what you want. So I love this. I love everything that we're sharing. And I'm, I'm, I, you, you've talked before about uh, the Maximilian brain. And you alluded to it a little bit before, and you're talking about the animal brain and how how our brains work. And you you've spoken before about tricking the brain because it's a it's a system that we don't we don't take full advantage of. What like Mara was saying, and I there's you have you have so many books that are available to to purchase, and I would I want to encourage our listeners and our followers to really take advantage of the information and the depth of knowledge you have. It's, it's so fascinating. Um, I, I really pray that this is something people pursue more. Yeah. Today can be the day. <laughs> Today can be the day. That's awesome. 1% better than yesterday. Let's just keep moving. I love it. It's so good. Chase, this has been the fastest and best half hour we've had. I really have to say that. It, it, I mean, well, totally you. I could talk, but you know, this, I adore you. So we could talk to you forever. Um, and we will. We're going to have you back, just so you know. <laughs> I'll come back. Thank you so Anytime. much. Um, yes, uh, Chase, you're, you're, yeah, tell, us, on. tell us where we can kind of follow you, your show, your books, and maybe I'll be on a show one day. Uh, you can just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can just type Chase Hughes into Google. And you'll find pretty much anything you need. Oh, well, there you go. That was easy. Everything. That was it. <laughs> totally. It's really great. Chase is an extraordinary human being who you really have to be in touch with. And and I pray that you will get in touch with him because he is, he's, he's changing the way the world is thinking and, and changing the mindset to, to be better humans. So thank you so much for coming on our podcast today, Chase. And we will see you again My very pleasure. soon. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, Absolutely. Mary. It's been an honor. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us today on Outcomes the Sun. Uh, you can listen to our podcast on Spotify, on Apple, and on YouTube. And you can donate to the Mariel Hemingway Foundation at the Mariel Hemingway Foundation.org. And I want to spell Hemingway for you H E M I N G W A Y. Dot org. I only say that because a lot of people put two M's and that just won't work. Um, also, on if you're watching on YouTube, you can go to the donate button at the bottom and it will take you right to a link with a QR code. And uh, if you go to MarielHemingway.org, you can also 
press the donate button and be able to donate to the foundation, which is designed to help guide people towards finding the right solutions for their mental health issues. Um, that is my goal. I'm just trying to raise money so I can come up with an app and a website that has all the information you could possibly want to know about mental health and where to go. But we are in the process of making that happen. And your donation means so much to us. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. We want to thank and support one of our sponsors, Seraphic Skincare, which was founded in 2019 by a San Diego esthetician with a passion for providing effective exfoliation options to clients. During 2020, when the demand for practical and affordable skincare solutions from home were at an all-time high, Seraphic Skincare pivoted and launched an innovative line of Korean-style exfoliating products that could be delivered straight to the customer's doors. Their original body mitt, made from a unique plant fiber that deeply exfoliates water-softened skin, has over 25,000 reviews on Amazon and offers a game-changing exfoliating experience that leaves your skin baby soft, I promise you. Seraphic Skincare now features optimized exfoliators for the face, back, and bikini area, as well as high-quality derma razors and a luxurious moisturizer for post-exfoliation. I can tell you that I've used these mitts and they are really, really effective. I love I love the little face one. There's you like put your two fingers in and it's gentle, but it definitely exfoliates. And the one on for uh, skin, water softened on your body really is amazing because I live in a very dry climate. So using their mitt is a game changer. Anyway, this is wonderful. And you go to seraphic hyphen skincare.com and seraphic is spelled s-e-r-a-p-h-i-c hyphen uh, skincare.com and order your exfoliation mitts hi i'm mariel hemingway welcome to outcomes the sun podcast i've got my partner melissa yamaguchi here and we have an amazing guest today. She's, I, first of all, I just, well, I reached out to her a few years ago and like embarrassingly like said, oh my God, I, I just, I was totally fangirl. <laughs> she's really very funny. Anyway, we have Valerie Bertinelli on and, you know, she's been a part of both Melissa and I's, you know, past we were kind of all growing up together we all you know we all kind of come from the same generation anyway um it's it's an honor to have you on our little tiny beatsy beatsy outcomes the sun podcast which is for um my foundation uh, melissa and i founded a foundation called the mariel hemingway foundation which is for mental health and you're so outspoken you know, you mm. are, when it comes to really sharing feelings, you are the one of the most brave and courageous humans that I have seen in, in, in quite some time, because you really, you're just not afraid to say how you feel. And I think it helps so many people. So first of all, thank oh, you for wow. that. And how thank do you, do you think about that when you're like reaching now, out on Instagram? <laughs> Unfortunately, sometimes I don't. And my manager gets calls like, is she okay? Do we need to call somebody? Right. I'm like, I'm just feeling. I'm just, And I'm letting, because the, the feedback that I get is, I feel the same way. Thank God you said it out loud or whatever. And I, I just, when you reached out to me, it was in 2018. I remember yes. exactly where I was when you reached out. I had cried for the first time on my Instagram stories because I had come home from a long shoot. And, um, oh boy, I don't want to get in trouble, but I'm, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> I was, um, really seeing, um, the start of the, uh, disintegration of my marriage, my right. second marriage. And, um, he had said something to me that just, just floored me. And, um, I, my mental capacity at that time, even though I was going to therapy and doing all that, it just, um, 
I just felt like saying, I'm sad <laughs> and I'm sad. And I didn't want to say why, because sometimes it's, it's, that's not the, re like, I can't blame him right. for what I was going through. And in fact, I can all, I, what I can do is thank him for bringing me to my knees to what, where I've been brought to this year. It's been a long road to get here. Um, because without that, I wouldn't start, I wouldn't have started taking care of my, for lack of a better term, inner child. Yeah. Because she's been neglected for so long. And um, yeah. And she deserves the love that she never thought that she deserved. deserved. And it, it started in childhood. It started, you know, that's all childhood trauma, I think, where it starts for well, everyone. Well, it's, well yeah. I, only, I can only speak for myself. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because I mean, you know, like what what we're discovering is that, you know, there's this whole process of really if you don't address that inner child, she starts she's running the show. You're 60 years old, you're like, "Holy crap, you're still right." You know, like this this 10-year-old, this 5-year-old, 5-year-old yeah. <laughs> yeah. girl that felt abandoned or this or that or undeserving keeps running the show and until and I, I talked about that in an interview today i talked about like the, the the fact that we we need to address you need to tell your story you need to get it you out must. there you must you must because then it becomes a story and then you can let it go because you realize yes. oh my god i'm not there anymore right and i think i think by talking about it my whole thing is okay i'm in so much pain right now so, but I've been used to being in pain. I have a very high tolerance for pain, emotional, physical, everything. So I like, I can do this. I can get through this. I'm a trooper. I'm, I'm strong. I, yeah. And that comes to a point where the little girl it says, you know what? I don't want to be strong anymore. Yeah. I want to, I just, I just want to be loved. Just somebody yeah. love me. And sometimes when it, when that love comes from outside sources, it can bandage something for a while, but that, that little girl needs to be loved by yeah, you by you That's, mm -hmm. and or that little boy must be loved by you and until that happens you're going to start you're going to keep looking for outside sources of love that won't do you any good that will hurt you you can that will really put you in a lot of pain for a lot of people there are people that are in relationships where that love is nurtured and you're still able to nurture the little girl or the little boy yeah i had not found that so i by knowing that i was going to be in pain by sitting in this pain or do I go through the pain and the challenges of trying to heal myself so that I can get on the other side of it and heal my heart and heal my little girl? So that's what I'm working through right now with my therapy and I'm taking some online courses that are fascinating. The Hoffman process. Has oh my gosh! Yes, a lot. We did yes, that. we did that too. Oh, we I know. Did it too. Hello. Yeah. I only took a weekend course and I, I just had another little course last night and I'm taking another one next week and I'm hoping to eventually go up there. Me too. But I'm telling you. Even though we're wow. not supposed to, even though we're not supposed to know anybody, can we all go together? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. I'll pretend I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, I want to do, I do, do that it. too. It's amazing. And it's so basic. It I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, I mean, Melissa and I both did it. And we were both like, yep. oh, my God, this is so, it's actually no, no. quite simple. Au contraire, my friend. We were supposed to do that together, and you left. Oh, yes. So I, I was all alone. <laughs> we were going to pretend like we didn't know each other at the same time. I'm Online. in the room alone, not knowing what to expect. And my daughter walks in, and all I know is that she sees me dancing. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? And I said, just, and I, but I was standing just in a, enough outside of my laptop camera that yeah, I could only I throw my arm in every once in a while. And I was like, just go away. And I kept standing, go away. And I kept going in. Yeah. So if I go yeah. up there, I want, I want confirmation and contract sign that people are going with me. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. And I just wanted, I just, I was talking to somebody else and I was like, I just don't want to dance in front of everybody. I, I always know. hated dancing, but yet <laughs> that movement of your body yeah. Oh, yeah. and getting that energy yep. out because it's all, everything is energy. Yeah. And getting yes. that out is so helpful. It's so helpful. And also not only energy, we physicalize our trauma. So the only way to get rid of it, I, and it's why we have pain or problems and things come up physically, but to actually mm -hmm. get that, you know, it's kind of primal screen. I mean, I was ridiculous. Bobby kept coming in going, are you okay? I was like, <laughs> 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 <I'm> fine. <laughs> I was like, 
I so right. badly want to scream sometimes because I think screaming is really good for you. I do too. Um, but I have to get in my car because my I mean, I get my dogs back here and it'll scare the hell out of my dog. So or my cats. <laughs> so I can't do it in the house. I have no I place private to go in my you know where there's not an animal somewhere. No, I, I don't. Know. Wanna, I don't want to scare them, so I have to do it in the car. <laughs> Bobby came in and actually said that the dog was the dog was under the bed. The cats were like freaking out by the window I was like oh well you know but all in the and you know in trying to get healthy in the name of healing yes and I just I, I want everybody to just not be embarrassed by their pain because we we're all human we all we all have had trauma I don't care how perfect I agree. childhood was the trauma is just because as a child you are uh, what's the word for it? You just, everything revolves around you. you you're very egocentric, not in a rude, gross way that narcissists right. can be, but you're egocentric in a way that um, if you aren't touched when you're crying or if, so, if, yeah. if the bond you're making with someone is out of the room, you don't know what's wrong as a child. You just know that you feel abandoned. Yeah. You don't mm -hmm. feel loved. And it's nothing your parents are doing wrong. I mean, but just the simple form of that, learning to, feel emotions and and do for yourself is a process yeah. as an infant growing into a child and yeah. i i had parents that loved me dearly i know they did but they were grieving because when my mom was pregnant with me my brother mark died and oh, he was only 17 God. months old so i know that i was born into a grieving family mm -hmm. and there's no there's just no getting around that you know yeah and so my role as i chose as a human in a, a, in a in a soul in it having a human experience i chose to make everything better oh if i'm God. the perfect baby if i'm the perfect this and i'm the perfect that then everybody will be better and i learned to see cues and okay I'm, i have to make this person happy i have to make and i've gotten to the point now at 62 it's like i can't fucking help you i can't <laughs> i gotta make myself happy i i you know i, I know like it's true be liked but I also need to make myself happy now without yes. being selfish, but yes, selfish. But it's not selfish. To take care of yourself is not selfish. Go ahead, Melissa. What do you think, for women, what do you think the, at what point does, do we have to go through the, the grieving and the pain to be able to get to a point where we give ourselves permission to not fix everything all the time? Because yes, you share, what you just shared your childhood is, I've heard Marielle say before, so it's yeah. this thing like, if I, I know, just I make was just it better. Like, yeah. And I, and I, um, I grew up in a family where I had uh, two older brothers. I was the only girl and the baby. And my middle, my middle brother is um, deaf, was born deaf. And so there was a lot of, and my mother was an activist, civil rights activist, and there's a lot of, a lot going on in the house at all times. So I never really felt like I needed to run around. But I did I do I do suffer from what you I've heard you talk about in some of your interviews and read in your book and then some of the stuff that Mariel has shared before, this this guilt of not taking care of everything, and that's that's an affliction we have as women anyway. So yes, what what did you you know you what did you do? What permission did you give yourself, or how did you get to the spot where you start thinking? Like you're, I love the title of the book, Enough Already. Like enough, yeah. enough. Right, like, yeah. Like what do I, when did you give yourself permission and how? How do we help other I'm still giving myself permission. It's, there's not a, a, I don't think there's a finite place of where I think some days I can, it's easier to give myself permission, other days it's not. Like when I was crying for the first time in 2018 on camera as myself, not as a character, and Mariel reached out to me and said, you really look like you're in pain. Let me tell you some things that have worked for me. And I was like, Oh my God, it's Meryl Hemingway. I love you. And I was following <laughs> her on Instagram anyway. So I love your posts. I love your animals. I love you know, you, when you go to Idaho. I love all your posts on Instagram. Thank so you. Um, I took you up on your suggestion um, and it helped a lot. And I think that just by knowing that my pain was normal yeah, and that um, it's okay to feel it. In fact, it's better to feel it. But I think, um, because this divorce has been so wicked and Ugh. it's really brought me to my knees that, um, but I think of that as a gift because yeah. I get to learn so much about myself through this. Yeah. I get to learn so much about my character. I get to learn so much about my healing. Yeah. I get to talk to my inner child more. So this, this wicked part of my life is actually very healing for me. And I get to choose every day whether I'm thankful and in gratitude or whether I just want to be bitchy and just scream. 
And I choose to be grateful and, and, and be thankful because I also get to learn so much. Yeah. I'm happen to having a good day today. There are days where I get up and I'm like, God, Fucked. You know, <laughs> and, I'm like, oh. and there's other, yep. you know, days that I have to remember that I can't control everything. I can only control my responses to whatever's happening yes. in my life. And that's where equanimity comes in. And that's my favorite word. I want to find peace in all of the craziness. I want to be the peace in yeah. the craziness. And it's it's a work in progress. I got to tell you that for sure. But that's what I love about you because that's so true. I mean, that's why I, I, I reach, I must have known. I mean, Melissa said it. You're, I mean, you were the fixer. So was I in my family. That's exactly what I did. My family was cra- They were all like losing their shit. Two older sisters that were on drugs and misbehaving. And they were all messed up in addiction and depression and all that stuff. And I thought, you know, at the at age whatever. Oh, I'm the, I'm the person that's going to make everything okay. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and clean up clean up blood and broken glass, thinking, you know, it's all if I make it clean, we have a chance at starting new tomorrow. Mm. So I get that, and 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 those things are so. I, I just love it. But th- my point is, we didn't know each other, know each other. And yet we share that human, that same human experience because, and we all do at some level, right? So when people say, oh, I've never, you know, I'm, I don't have any depression. I don't have any this. I, I'm like, well, really? <laughs> Cause I, I yeah. got that very much, but maybe, maybe you, maybe you don't, maybe you had this a beautiful upbringing and, and that can be uh, amazing. Uh, enough. enough. Maybe that can be enough. Maybe that yeah. can be enough. And because then sometimes it's not the family, then it's environmental, then something yes. happens in school. Or, I mean, it's always something uh, yeah. we have exactly. so much. You know, there's yeah. stuff. There's stuff happening there's all the stuff. time. I mean, it's, it's all amazing. The time. I, I, I have to give, uh, give some, some snaps out to Melissa because she's one of the most amazing mothers in the world. Like her two kids, I, her kids aren't, they're not little anymore, but they're younger than my, my two girls. And, um, I sufficiently screwed my girls up, but they're fabulous right now. Um, but but Melissa has, I've watched her be such a conscientious mother to two kids who really honestly might say they're not depressed or not whatever, because she's created a very balanced environment and yet being very authentic with her own whatever shortcomings or whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I, I just want to, mm-hmm. I, I want to say that. So there are people out there being healthy parents and being, you know, having, you know, yeah. raising healthy kids. Um, and I think, I think that's, you know, what makes me sad about today, the world we live in is that we're not taught how to do simple things. And if we're not taught how to do the simple things, then how are we meant to go into the world and, you know, function in, in relationship, in a marriage? You know, like I was in a marriage for 24 years and I, I was miserable, you know, mm-hmm. but I was going to fix it because I was doing my childhood. Oh, yeah. I was doing right. my trauma, yeah. my childhood. I was going to be the fix it girl. I'll fix this. He got cancer. I'll fix that. He, you know, he, he drinks. I'll fix that. You know, all these things that you do because you haven't healed that inner inner child because like you I'm you you know maybe maybe I'm a a couple of months or a couple of years ahead in I actually can I can actually say that I love myself now and that Mm. I couldn't have said that 20 years ago that was like yeah it was embarrassing I thought that was embarrassing and like egocentric, egocentric. Oh, oh my god so egocentric. yeah right oh exactly you love yourself but no I mean I agree I am actually at a point right now because every morning I wake up and I say things before I even open up my eyes um affirmations about you know mm-hmm. all the kind of affirmations of whether I want to be this way or whether I am but say it in I am this I yes. am that I am this I am you know I yeah. am lovable I yes. am kind. I am, you know, hello, beautiful world. Let me do what I can today to make it a better place. All of that every single morning before I open my eyes. Yeah. 
I think it's important to start the day off grateful. I think it's <laughs> important to start the, to go to sleep grateful, no matter yes. what, even if you've had the shittiest day you can ever imagine. That's right. Be grateful for it drawing attention to whatever your focus needs to be on. Absolutely. And that's why. You're just saying like you believe in stuff. God or the uh, universe. I know. I'm just laughing because you're saying stuff that we talk about all the time. I believe the, the, the way that you start your day is so critical. How you, yep. you know, you, your eyes open and like gratitude, you just got to be thankful. Oh my God. Thank you. Look at the sun, whatever it is. And then at night, Bobby and I do a thing where we kind of do a, we look, we kind of go through the day and, 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 and catalog it and sort of say, where could I have done something different? Where could I have been better? Where could I have had a response instead of a reaction? Where, you know, like that kind of thing. Because then you're bookending your, your, you know, day with like, with love and with also with awareness, which I think is huge. And also because I believe yeah. that before you sleep, you're kind of program programming that computer. So if you say those things or maybe a quadrinity check, I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Sure. It's amazing. Or, or a gratitude well, and appreciation for the end of the day. Absolutely. You have. You have a line that you've said before where you said, um, always find your way back to love. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, putting that on yourself is huge. Always find your way back to love for you. So I want, mm -hmm. and I don't want to continue to beat on that. I don't know we could talk the whole time about it, but there's a couple of quotes that you have said before that I, the minute I heard you say them or I read them, I instantly wrote them down because I think it's worth sharing with our audience and really kind of emphasizing their genius in what you said. Besides always find your way back to love, you said, and if not now, you may run out of nows. So you have yes. to do it now. So this, so I want to take that and plus then then couple it with the third thing you said, where you said, if you climb the ladder or the staircase of gratitude, you'll find your way to joy. Yes. All three of these things is a, such an incredible cocktail recipe for self-love. And it's this really not now you're going to run out of nows because right. we've all heard stories of people who have said, I'll do that. I'll, I'll come see you when I'm better. I'll, I'll come to I'll yeah. see you when I feel like I look better. I'll, I'll yeah. see you when I get the baby weight off, whatever it is, we keep putting it off. And then only right. when there, there are no more nows. I love those, those lines that you have that you said, I think they're great expressions and something Thank we really you. need to hold true. And I think, and, and anyone can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Anyone, any, absolutely anyone, no matter where you are in the world can feel grateful for something. Yes. There, there may be day, and there were so many days that in just God, since 2015, it's been so hard, but there've been so many days where I was just like, I, I didn't want to go on anymore. I'm like, it, it, the place would be a better place without me. I, I just don't want to do this. I would never, ever, I don't. Um, but there is that, um, I know it like, yeah, I know. I it. know that I never could. I know it. I know it. It's like, so, yeah, I don't want to be in this pain anymore. I, but then of course, Wolfie would come in. There's just no way yeah. I could do it, but I felt like, Oh, it'd be so much easier if I just wasn't here. I just can't do this anymore. Yeah. But I always could find something that I was grateful for, whether it just be something as little uh, as Batman coming and rubbing on my leg at that particular moment yeah. or, or uh, I don't know, going out and seeing, there was actually a beautiful sunset that day, or there was no sunset, but the sky looked so beautiful or yeah. just finding anything in my vicinity to just be grateful for. Yep. I, I, and I, and I have an amazing life. I built an amazing life for myself. I, I have been working since I was 12 years old and I don't oh. spend my money willy nilly. So I, I know that sometimes I beat myself up because I'm like, you idiot, you should be grateful for everything, no matter what, look at what you look where you live. But there's still the humanity of the sadness of what's going on in your life and how challenging it feels. I am very, very lucky and I'm grateful for it. But I also worked really hard for my luck. Absolutely. Mm. And, and, and you're also an, uh, if, if, if I can be so bold, you're an empath. So you're feeling, you know, you, what you feel is in your own life. But I also think that you probably tune into a lot of pain all over the world, right? I think that all, I think women do in general, you know, mm -hmm. maybe that's a, a total generalization, but I think there's this sense of, 
I think that when you are a mother, there is a sense of like the world, the Weltschmerz, you know, the weight of the world feels, you feel it, right? And and yeah. so it's not only your pain, but the pain of all that's going on in the world. And there's, you know, there's stuff. And now we're inundated with news about uh, it too. And I, I, nonstop. I will admit that I can sometimes TikTok scroll a little bit too much and I need to get off. Um, but um, I don't, I remember, I remember when the Oklahoma City bomb, bombing happened. Yeah. I didn't know that it happened because at that time, um, internet was just starting. So you didn't get news that quickly. I mean, you right. did, but right. um, but I hadn't heard anything about it. But I just knew I felt so heavy that day. I was so sad. And nothing in my life was really that. I mean, Wolfie was a baby. and But there's something that made me feel like, was Wolfie a baby? I don't remember. I don't remember when the bombing was. It, I just remember that feeling yeah. of heaviness. Yeah. Yes, Wolfie was a baby. It happened to ha- had must have happened in the early 90s. Yeah. Oh god. I don't I, I just yeah. I I just remember and then my therapist telling telling me what had happened because I was on the phone with her for something and wow. I thought that must be it because I just feel the heaviness right now and and it's just so freaking sad that things like that can happen. Like and nine eleven and I don't no, I don't want to get into all that. It's just yeah. There's a no, lot I know. There's a lot that we take on. There's also another joy in the world too. Totally, and that's kind of why, you know, M- Melissa's great because she wa- she get, fills me in on all the news because I'm I'm so sensitive yeah. that I can't I can't I can't I I can't do it. I can't watch it. I get it gets me like I I can't. I can't take it in, but she'll like fill me in so that I don't sound like an idiot about world events and things and political things. But um, I'm doing a Christine Amanpour accent, so you feel yes, like you, you really so I feel like it. I'm really smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to I want to be so bold here, not to throw too much um, jocularity into the conversation. But am I crazy in assuming that Batman's a cat and not a lover? Oh, Batman <laughs> rubs up on your leg. Yes, I, I'm sorry about that. Yes, Batman is my cat. One of my cats. One of your Batman rubs up on my leg. And I how go, many cats do you have? I have six. I have four. It's okay. I get it. Okay. Well, I had four. And then when my parents passed, I took their two cats. Because mm. I, I mean, I yeah. had to. Yeah. And you, I mean, there's another thing. You had parents that you, that you cared for. And they, you know, I mean, you've been through passed, a lot yeah. of heavy stuff that kind of the entire world re- can, can relate to. We get older parents, they start to, you know, they start to lose their shit and you have to take come in and take care of them. I mean, you have really taken on, yes, there's a lot to be grateful for, but you've taken a, a, on a lot in your life and there's been a lot of stuff laid out at your feet. I just, I commend you. I just, I, I, I have such admiration for your ability to like, you know, pick yourself up and move forward and like write a book about it and, and, you know, be raw and real about, about your experiences. It's, it's admirable and it's, it's brave and it's courageous and it's important. And it, it gives other people permission to do the same. And that's what, and that's what I kind of want to do. That's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell people, Hey, it's okay. Share your, share it, let it go, move on feel gratitude. We're all in this together, you know, because we're all Mm -hmm. interconnected. Thank you so much for joining us today on Outcomes the Sun. Uh, You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, on Apple, and on YouTube. And you can donate to the Mariel Hemingway Foundation at themarielhemingwayfoundation.org. And I want to spell Hemingway for you, H-E-M-I-N-G-W-A-Y.org. I only say that because a lot of people put two M's and that just won't work. Um, also, on if you're watching on YouTube, you can go to the donate button at the bottom and it will take you right to a link with a QR code. And uh, if you go to MarielHemingway.org, you can also 
press the donate button and be able to donate to the foundation, which is designed to help guide people towards finding the right solutions for their mental health issues. Um, that is my goal. I'm just trying to raise money so I can come up with an app and a website that has all the information you could possibly want to know about mental health and where to go. But we are in the process of making that happen. And your donation means so much to us. So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season. And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.